there was a Jew named Shmuel. Now, Shmuel was a sailor, and one day his boat crashed, and he got stranded on a desert island. And he was there for years, and very quickly, over time, this island eventually became his home. He built a house, he had a place he did exercise, he had a kitchen, he had a marketplace, he had it all. And years went by, and he lived on this island all by himself, and then finally some rescuers came. And when they came to him, he was ecstatic that he was finally being rescued. And he said, look, before you take me, I have to show you my island. I built this place. And they they wanted to see it, so he showed them the marketplace he built, where he fished, where he exercised, his house, his kitchen. And then he said, but look, I'm going to save the very best for last, the most special an important place to me. I built a synagogue. They go, you built a synagogue? He goes, yes, let me show it to you. And he walks them inside and he shows, and the, the, the hut that he built, it was different. You could see the love and the care that he put into it. There was a bima and there was an ark. And he says, this, this is what got me through my tough times is this synagogue right here. They say, it's just beautiful. They walk outside and they see just like 100 feet away, another building that looks nearly identical. They go, what is that? He goes, that's the other synagogue I built, and I will not step foot in that one. Now, we, we have these jokes. You know, the other jokes you can talk about, you have three Jews sitting at a table, you ask them directions, you get six different answers. This is the core of who we are, of always being in disagreement and being in tension, and it's not something new. It's why we have all these jokes spur out over time. If you go back even in rabbinic tradition, in our texts, to the year 200 in the Mishnah, the Mishnah is set up with two separate camps. You have the school of Hillel, and you have the school of Shammai. Hillel always wins, Shammai always loses, and they argue, and they argue over everything. And we, to this day, we live life based upon what they argued. So even when it comes to Hanukkah, when it comes to the menorah, Shammai comes along and goes, look, it's very simple. You had X amount of oil, and over the eight days, it got smaller, and so therefore, the first night should have eight candles, and then you should go to one. It's logical. And look, goes, no, you're missing the point here. The point of it is that the miracle got bigger. You should have one candle, and then it should go to eight. Who wins? Hillel, to this day, we still go one to eight. Now, The two of them arguing into the year 200, it didn't stop. Then another group of rabbis came along and they started arguing about what they had been arguing about. And they create a new document called the Gomorrah. And by the year 600, they write that down. And it's a bunch of rabbis in there arguing with these two rabbis and arguing with each other. They even keep a person in the Talmud. This eventually becomes the Talmud, these two together, named Elisha Benabuya who's a heretic, he gets kicked out of Judaism. But the guy is so smart, they want to make sure he's in there. And over 300 times in the Talmud, of them arguing and arguing, you eventually get to them in this argument, and their answer is teku, which means, oh, we don't have an answer. But that was a great argument. Because their goal was not always getting to the right answer. It was about being in process and creating that tension among the rabbis and trying to find the truth. And by the 1500s, finally, Joseph Caro comes along. And he says, look, you know, uh, enough of this arguing. 
This takes a long time. If I wanted to read through the entire Talmud from front to back, and if I read a page a day, which you can't really do, but let's say I read a page a day, it would take me seven and a half years. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go through the Talmud for you, and I'm going to summarize all the arguments. If three rabbis say A, and two rabbis say B, the answer is A. And I'm going to write a new book. We'll call it the Shulchan Aruch, the set table. And then you just have to check that, and we're going to finally be finished. And it worked. It lasted for almost two years. <laughs> Until Israelis came along, and he says, this is an incredible document, but... I have to add my commentary to it. We, we Spartac Jews, we do it a little bit differently, and he starts adding glosses to it. And he says, now, that's the Shulchan Aruch. That's the set table. Mine's the mapah. Mine's the tablecloth. Because it might be set, but it doesn't have a tablecloth yet. And from that point, the commentary starts to grow again. It continues up until the 1400s when you have mysticism begin to take off with the Kabbalistic tradition and eventually into Hasidism. And with Hasidism, you had a group of Jews that were trying to connect to the world through their hearts and their emotions and their dancing and being ecstatic. And there was another group called the Mitnagim who tried to connect to the world through their heads and their mind and the arguing and studying and studying. And these two worlds, they clashed and they clashed until eventually we get to modern day. And today we talk about progressive Jews and Orthodox Jews. Here we talk about reform and conservative, but we're kind of all clumping together in the past 10 or 20 years. And you might wonder, why am, I, I am, why am I up here tonight talking about Jews arguing with each other? What does it have to do with anything? Because we are in the very final week of the World Zionist Organization election. And that's where we are right now in this 2,000-year arc narrative that we've been a part of, is that that election, Jews from all over the world, inside Israel, outside Israel, and France, you name it, everyone's voting right now, trying to make it so that we could see what percentage of Jews want to be counted. And when you get counted, that's how many seats you get on this board. One of our delegates that's going to represent all the progressive Jews for the planet is Rabbi Mintz. And so we are in the, the final week of voting for that. And I... And I'm pushing this hard tonight because even though we've been talking about this for months and months and we're now in our final days, is because this is who we are. We're a people that likes to engage, that likes to discuss. It oftentimes can feel like it's us versus them. It's the reform versus the orthodox. And that's what it feels like when you're sitting on the day-to-day -day ground and you're talking about women of the wall. But if you go up to 10,000 feet, you realize... It might look like we versus us down here, but this is really just us. This is who we are. This is who we've always been. We've always been this people who have constantly been in tension and arguing with each other. Not because we hate each other, but we, because we believe that's where we find truth. That's where we find light. It's by having that multiplicity of views. We even do it in our education system here. In our introduction to Judaism class, for people who have, don't know anything about Judaism, they're converting. We have every single rabbi go through changing every single week so they see all of us disagree with each other to show them there's many different views. And so the place I want to leave you tonight is the story, a story from the very beginning. 
Because people can say, you know something, enough tension, there's enough tension in the world, there's enough arguing, we should all just get along, enough people don't like the Jews, why do we keep arguing? I want to go back to Adam, the first guy in the first story on the first day. And the Midrash says that as he was in the Garden of Eden, and it was getting dark, and he had never seen darkness before, he was scared because he didn't know what was coming. He was afraid of the darkness, and he was afraid of dying. And it kept getting darker and darker until finally he realized that he could make light by picking up these two stones and smashing them together. And the rabbis say those two stones said darkness and death, that he actually had to go into his biggest fear, into the things that he had the most tension about, the most conflict about, and bring those two things together. And when you squeeze them together, light came out, and he made it through the night, and the next night, until today. And so that's where we stand as a generation in the final week, making sure that we have a voice and so we can keep making light among the Jewish people. Please remember to vote. On the back of your handout, there is the website to go to. You have less than seven days. Shabbat Shalom. Rabbi Bauer, you, um, that was beautiful. And I want to thank you for the plug to make sure I get to eat authentic falafel in October with it's the, the reform slate. the only reason she's doing it. But you know what I always say, because you know I'm from Chicago, right? You know what we say in Chicago, vote early and vote often. Just vote one time. Um, it's 